Amen. Well, like Brother Gene said, we're in Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 7. We're going to read that. We're looking at um, this question. It's kind of a theme for us. The person who asked the question is generally sick or not here when we go when we go over it. So it's been a couple weeks. Brother Matt will have to help me with time. But uh, before class, me, him, and Levi were sitting around, and we we're just having conversation. And this question come up, and it's a good question to uh, a good question to ask. And it is this: Why did God create Lucifer? Since he's all knowing, why did he create him? Okay, so we're going to look at that. But really, what we're really asking that question gets asked a lot. If God knew that Lucifer was going to fall, why did he create him? What we're really asking is, did God create evil? That's really what we're asking. So we're going to look and see what the Bible has to say. Like most things, we know we have a biblical understanding, right? This isn't, I, I would hope that this lesson doesn't just shock and awe you and like, oh, I didn't know the Bible said that, right? We, we know what the Bible says, but it's good to know where to go for the answers, right? So that's what we're doing tonight. So those are the two questions. Why did God create Lucifer since he knows all things? And did, did God create evil? Okay. So Isaiah 45, verses 5 through 7, read like this. I am the Lord, and there is no other. Beside me there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that man will know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one beside me. I am the Lord and there is no other. The one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. Calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. So obviously verse 7 is the verse that we're looking at and we'll read it again because throughout the ages men and women have uh, discussed this topic. There's religions out there who say their God uh, causes evil. Our, our God, we're going to go ahead and say at the forefront, does not cause evil. That's what the Bible says. But this verse right here can be very confusing if you don't spend the time and study it out like the Word says, right? So I, uh, the one forming light and creating darkness, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. Okay. So why did God create Lucifer knowing ahead of time that he was going to rebel? This isn't even a question of did God know? We know God knows all things, right? He's omniscient. So that's why I phrased it like that. You'll hear it in a few different, a few different ways. If God knows everything, why did he? Or does God know everything because he did? Right? If God knew that Adam and Eve were going to fall, why did he go ahead and create Adam and Eve? If God knew that Lucifer was going to try and raise himself up on the throne, why did he create? And the question for them is whether or not God knows all things, which we know the word says that he does. Okay, So that's not a question for us. So we're actually asking why Why did he create in spite of knowing that Lucifer was going to rebel? And really, we could even ask, why did he create man? Because he knew man was going to rebel. Or we could ultimately ask, 
Why did God create? Period. Because everything has fallen through Adam, right? All has fallen. We, we're going through through it in our uh, men's group in Romans. Where we just went through those passages where it's even, even the earth, like creation itself, is groaning for the manifestation of correctness, of righteousness, of going back to what it was supposed to be. So everything is corrupt. And uh, God knew all that, but yet he still chose to create, right? So this question, it is a little tricky uh, because we're asking why to a question that the Bible doesn't provide all-inclusive answers, okay? So that's why this is a highly debated topic because there is, you can't go to like Leviticus 2 chapter chapter 7 and, and verse 8 and it says what we're looking for. Right. The Bible does speak to it, but we just don't have that one end all be all verse that says there it is. We got to we got to leave it alone. Right. So despite all that, we should be able to come, like I said, to a biblical under understanding. So since God is sovereignly omniscient, God knew that Satan would rebel and fall from heaven. That's a given. We know we know he knew that yet he created him anyway. So it must mean that the fall of Satan was part of God's sovereign plan from the beginning, right? He created all things. He knows the beginning, uh, the end from the beginning, the word says. So uh, no other answer really makes sense given uh, that we know that he knows everything, okay? So the fall of Satan, the fall of man plays some part in his, in his plan for creation, we should note, and this is where it's, this is where we're really driving down right here. We're drilling down. We should note that knowing Satan would rebel is not the same thing as making Satan rebel. Okay, knowing God knew that it was going to happen is not the same thing as God making something happen. Okay, that'll that'll be important later on whenever we turn it to us. Right, we're not just talking about a fallen angel. This applies to fallen man too. Okay, God knew that you were going to be born into sin, but He has not made you sin not one time. Right? That's my job, and I do a pretty good job at it. So, so we should note that the angel Lucifer. You'll you'll either hear hear me say that too. God created Lucifer. He didn't create Satan. Right? Satan created himself. God, God created an angel named Lucifer, and that angel, like all other angels, like all other man, has free will, and he made his own choices. We could, we could spend, it would take more than an hour, but we could go through all of the passages in the Old Testament that, that shows the fall of Satan, and, and not one time does it say, and God made me do that, right? It's, I will ascend, I will, I will, I will. And it was it was a his decision, just like it is for us. So he had his own choices. God did not create Lucifer as the devil. You'll hear that too. Lucifer was the chiefest of angels when you read in the Old Testament. He was even above every other angel. He went between the altars, right? He ascended and descended the holy mountain. The, the, he went to the throne and he was delivering messages to the rest. It's a hierarchy. We, we covered all that when we went through angelology. But, but he, he was created good. 
right? And that's, exa- <laughs> that's exactly what Genesis 1 and 30 says. God saw all that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So all the way back in creation, we get all the way to the sixth day. Seventh day, he rested. He finishes creating. He looks over everything that he created. That's not just what we can see, and we'll see that in a second. And, and he said, it's all good. Everything is good. And he rested on the Sabbath day. Okay, So that included Lucifer. <laughs> that included his angels. That included Lucifer. That included the third of the angels who would also rebel. Right. That included the watchers that would create the Nephilim and the giants. Right. That included all of that. Everything was good. And he rested. So first John one and five said, this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Okay, so there's no inkling of evil in God or he he ceases to be a thrice holy God. Right. So let's look at our uh, our scripture here in verse seven and we'll break it down and, and see what confuses some people because if you just read it for face value it seems like he creates light and he also creates darkness he create he causes well-being and he also creates calamity you, you see how people can get that but that's not what this, that's not what this verse says god is only creating two things and because of that creation there is a cause and effect there's always an opposite right and i know we're going out of spiritual and into physical but what does what does your physics book say? You, you can at least remember that through high school. For every, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction, right? So when God said, let there be light, there immediately was darkness, right? There's an there's a equal and opposite reaction. So whenever he says, let there be well-being, there is a calamity also. Not in every instance, but just just for the simple fact that there is something good, there's a potential for something evil, potential for something bad, right? So our verse says that God formed light. Okay, so he made light. And in the forming of light, by the law of cause and effect, darkness was created. And our text says that he causes well-being, and because he causes well-being, there is calamity also. Okay? So in the definition of darkness here, okay, is partial or total absence of light. So we could go ahead with that information right there with just the definition that Webster gives us and say that God has never created evil because evil isn't a creation. It's a it's an effect of creation. Does that make sense? It will. I promise. <laughs> so in forming light, there's darkness, right? In forming light, there's darkness. So we need to differentiate the difference here. God created Lucifer, but Satan failed, right? God created Lucifer, but Satan failed. We could say the same thing about man. God created Adam, but Adam ate the fruit, right? God created Eve, but Eve was beguiled by the serpent, right? There is a free will in this. You can't get away from it. God is sovereign, and we're responsible for our own actions simultaneously at the same time, right? 
God created an angel that exercises free will to rebel and separate himself from God. So the moment that Lucifer started to have sinful thoughts, he was separating himself from a thrice holy God. A being that was immersed in the light of God was slowly but surely having darkness overtaking. Right? Same thing you see happens with Eve. Eve didn't eat the first time she talked to the serpent. Right? She, she had conversations with the serpent. You can go back to the Genesis account and you can see that the serpent says, hey, you see that tree? Right? He started with a broad picture. You see that tree? What, what did God say about that tree? And Eve would, Eve would tell him. And then the next day or the next conversation, we don't know if it was a rapid day or whatever, he, he'd say, well, well, look at that fruit. And it said Eve seen that the fruit was good to eat. Right? She's being enticed this whole time. She's being beguiled. And, and it's, it's a separating from the truth of God, right? It's a separating from the goodness of God. And darkness leads her to eat of the fruit and leads her to give to Adam. Adam being separated too, obviously, because he took the fruit. The word of God says he took it openly. Like he knew he wasn't beguiled. That's why we're in the shape that we're in. God, when he comes down, he doesn't go looking for Eve. He calls out for Adam, right? Adam, where are you? What have you done? You, you've ate of the fruit. So there's a separating there. In trying to understand why God created Lucifer, knowing he would rebel, we should consider these, these facts too. So Lucifer had a good and perfect purpose before his fall. He was created for a purpose, a good and perfect purpose. Lucifer's rebellion does not change God's original intent for something good to something bad. So because Lucifer becomes Satan, that doesn't put the evil back on God. It's the same thing with humanity. Just because we're sinful doesn't make God sinful, right? It's not God's fault that we're this way. You can go back and read the account. It's it's our fault. <laughs> you say, well, I was born into this. I didn't have a chance. That's right, but nobody's made you sin in your life. But yet you have, right? I mean, I, I'm guilty of that. Nobody made me lie. Nobody made me do. I did what I wanted to do, right? So, yeah, you could make an argument and say we we came from sin, so we didn't have a choice. But then at the same time, there's nobody has been over my back trying to make me do bad. God has put people in my path to try and make me do good, <laughs> right? Try to steer me back towards God. Try to bring me into the light, as the Bible says, and not leave me in darkness, right? So <clears throat> he had a good and perfect purpose, and, and because Satan fell doesn't change the fact that God created a being for a good and perfect purpose. Okay. Second, God's sovereignty extends to Satan. So Satan didn't do anything that God didn't already know. Right? It, Satan didn't do a new thing when he fell. Be leery of new things. There's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says, right? Even in his fallen condition, God is able to use Satan's evil actions to ultimately bring about God's holy plan. He uses everything to his good. 
This is a quote from Sam Storms. I liked it because th two-thirds of his quotes actually scripture, so you can't ever go wrong with that, right? So instead of, I was already looking at these scriptures and I found this quote, so we're going to use it. Sam Storms, he says, Satan is an angel. All angels were created. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him and apart from him. Nothing came into being that has come into being. That's John 1, 1 through 3, right? For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. Colossians 1 16. So Satan was created. He is therefore God's devil. <laughs> okay. Everything was created through him and by him. Okay. So Satan uh, debunking some of the myth around that. Satan isn't the ruler of the underworld. Satan isn't the God of hell. Satan isn't God. He's a created being just like me and you. Okay. So he is under the judgment of God. He doesn't get to escape that. He doesn't have attributes that of, of himself, even though he said, I will make myself like God. He never did that. Right? He never he never made it. He, he was he was it wasn't even a possibility, but he never he never came close to being God. And there there's so you got the church of Satan and you got those that say he's this powerful being, and he certainly is. He is a powerful enemy. He is a definitely ferocious lion seeking whom he may destroy, right? If we give him a foothold, he for sure can cause serious harm to us. But he ain't God. He's, he's not God. So he does fall under God and his sovereignty. And throughout the ages, from the beginning to the end, God has used our enemy to further his plan, further his kingdom. Okay. Uh, and, and that's number three. The suffering that Satan brought into the world actually became the means by which you want to talk about a sovereign God. The, the suffering that Satan has caused in this world actually became the means by which Jesus and his humanity was made the complete and perfect sacrifice for mankind. It's because of the darkness in the world and the evil in this world that our Savior hung on a tree. Like God took the one thing that separated us from him and he used that one thing to put us back into union with him. That's that's a pretty powerful God to use the one thing that separated us to say, huh, I'm not even I'm not. Don't worry about it. There's one coming. Right. That's the message of the Old Testament. There's one coming. There's a promised one. There's one coming. I'm going to make a way and, and I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to bring you back using the same means that took you from me. Right. So Hebrews 2 and verse 10, for it was fitting for him. It's not like this, this was the plan. It was fitting for him for whom are all things and through whom are all things and bringing many sons to glory to perfect the author of their salvation through suffering, through suffering. So he's using the, the one thing to bring us back into the fold with him. Number four, from the, from the very beginning, God's plan in Christ included the destruction of Satan's work. So it's not like Satan is getting away with anything. You know, we say that about us. We say that about 
humankind, right? There's, we don't get away with anything. We, it may look like it. We may can look in the world and say they're being blessed, but the word says that they're storing up wrath for them in the day of judgment, right? Well, guess what Satan's doing? The exact same thing. He is storing up wrath and he is being judged. And the word actually said he's already been judged. So there's nothing he can do to even lessen his judgment. No there, there's, there's no going back. How can you go back from perfection? Right? So, from the beginning, this has been the work. 1 John 3 and 8 says this, The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose to destroy the works of the devil. So, it says that, the Son of God, Jesus, literally came and did what he did, said what he said, died the way he did, buried, rose again, ascended, everything that we say in, in the gospel message. And it says he done that to destroy the works of the devil. So this has been the plan since the very beginning because Jesus was a lamb slain before the foundations of the world, right? That's what the word says. So if he was... If that was the plan from the very beginning, Satan's he hasn't got away from anything. Like he hasn't gotten away with literally anything. Okay. At first it may seem like reading in the scriptures, it may seem like because God creates everything, then evil must have been created by God. Right? You'll hear that if you go out there and talk to people. They'll try and trip you up with words. They'll say, well, if you say your God created everything, then, then why do babies die? Why, why do this? Why do we have murderers? Why do we have car thieves? Why do we have bank robbers? Right? They'll go down the line. If, if your God is so good, why is there so much bad? Have we ever heard that? Right? Well, then that's, that's where you're at if you don't think about it. God created every single thing. Yes. But evil isn't a thing. Evil's not a thing. It's very real, but it's not it's not a tangible created thing. It's an effect of of the loss of something. So when evil uh it's not a thing like a rock or electricity. You can't like I can't go out and get a jar of evil. Right? I you can't you can't put a serial killer on on a stand and have him drip evil out of him, right? You can't, the evil isn't a tangible thing. Uh, evil is not existent in its own self. It's actually the absence of good. Okay. So that's what we're saying. It's the absence, absence of this. So think of it like this. For example, holes are real, right? If I dig a hole and you fall in it, you're going to get hurt for real. Holes are real, but they only exist in something else. Like you can't have a hole by itself, unless you watch cartoons. I guess then maybe you could create a hole, but we call the absence of dirt a hole, right? I've removed dirt, so now I've created a hole. Uh, but it can't be separated from the dirt. Without the absence of dirt, there is no hole. So when God created, it is true that he created all things and all things he created were good. One of the good things God made was creatures who had freedom to choose. We choose what we do. 
So in order to have a real choice, so you say, well, why, why did he do that? Wouldn't it be so much easier? And the answer to that question is yes. Wouldn't it be so much easier just to create a being that can't sin? Yeah, that would have been pretty easy. But would it have really been a loving thing? If you think about it, if, if all I could ever do is choose to love God, am I ever really loving something? So... God don't make us do anything. That's where we no. free will. That's free it. Free. That's it. That's it. So in order to have a choice, Same you have to have a choice. You have to have another option, yeah. right? One other thing I was going to say. Yeah. You're talking about to have a hole, it has to be in something. Well, to be good or evil, you put it that way, for a man to be good or evil, it has to be, that evil has to be in something, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. We, can, we can't get a bucket full of it, but we can get a mind full of it and a heart full of it. Absolutely, absolutely. It does, that's what I was trying to say. Evil doesn't exist by itself. Right. It has to be an absence of something. Right. So you, Brother Gene or Brother Matt or me or anybody, mm-hmm. we're, we're not a good or evil being. Like we're not, we're just, but it's the absence of one or the other. So the more God you have in you, the the absence of darkness, right? The more you run from God, the absence of God creates more darkness. You're going to be filled with something, right? That dirt pile out there is dirt. I can remove it and it's a hole or I can leave it like it is and it's dirt, right? But there's always a potential for something there. So... God wants us to have a real choice. Like he said, let us create man in our image, right? And he, they did. But they wanted, they wanted a being that would serve them and love them, right? Love God. And he, he wanted this to be a real thing. Right? Like really choose to love me. This, through the whole Bible. That's what he says, I've carved you out, right? And we, we can get into all that. He chose a nation and all that. But what is the message to those people? Because the people that he carved out, they didn't love him, right? Not at first. And then they slipped up and they slipped up and they slipped up and they slipped up. And here we are, right? But it's that's been the message the whole time. Love me. You be my people. I'll be your God. Right. Love, choose me. Love me. Don't turn to the other God. Choose me. Love me. Even whenever he's talking through his prophets and and Babylon and Assyria is about to come take them. He said, you know, I thought maybe you go and read. I believe it's in. Um, well, I have to look it up. Uh, this this is land yet. But but he they, they've went off to every high hill, he says. And you've made your you've made your sacrifices to gods. He even says you went and played the harlot with these. And I thought after you'd done that, you'd come back to me, but you didn't, right? So now here comes judgment. So that is a, that is a loving God. Go off and make your choices and do your things. And when you figure out that it's not working, surely you'll come back to me. That doesn't sound like a creature who's been created with one option, right? That sounds like a God who has given free will to man and is sovereign enough to have his plan go forward, even with all the calamity that we cause. Right. And he says, you go off and make your choices and you're going to find out it's going to ruin you. 
and then surely you'll come back to me. He said, but you would not. So here comes judgment. Right, here comes judgment. And here we are too, 2,000 years, well, really 4,000 years from that. And, and we're still living. We're still living it. And, and we still have some of the same questions. Us who are saved go, how in the world can somebody hear the gospel and go, eh, that's for somebody else. But it's been happening the whole time because we have a choice. We, we truly have a choice. So it's a real choice. God had to allow there to be something besides good to choose. There has to be something else for man to choose in order for the choice to be good, right, to be truly good. It's actually, it's, it makes God less than to have one choice. It, it really does. If, if all I can do is choose him. On a roller coaster. <laughs> right now, it looks to me like the devil is coming in. Yeah. You know, faster than, than ever. I mean, it, it, when I was growing up, we knew nothing. But now it looks like it, he is just rampaging. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it kind of scares you to think about that, but that's the way this is going to me. Yeah, but what does that produce in the you, Miss Eddie? Huh? You're you're probably praying pretty hard right now, right? <laughs> See, and it, that's it. There's ups and downs, and there's seasons to where it looks like evil is winning, but every time evil rears its head, the church just stands up. So we are in that we are in that time where it looks unbalanced. Mm-hmm. It looks like. Nobody cares. Nobody wants. But but when you actually talk to people in the church, they're like, I pray all the time for stuff to change. And there's there's going to be a change coming. Hardship brings revival, right? It's, you, it's all through the Bible and, and even into the into today. So we're in that spot where it looks like evil is rampaging. And it definitely is. It is. But God's working a work too, right? So that's where it falls back on us to go... I will not, right? As for me and my house, you do whatever you want. As me for my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And not only am I going to serve the Lord, I'm not doing this just for me, but I'm going to pray on behalf of those who can't pray for themselves, as the, as the Bible says, right? I'm going to go out, and I'm, I'm not just going to be defensive about this. I'm going to be offensive, right? So there has to be a choice, and it is. So think of it like this, too. So... If the dirt analogy didn't get you, I thought of two of them. Does cold exist? Cold. Does cold exist? Most of us would probably say yes, right? But actually, according to scientists, cold does not exist. It's the absence of heat. Okay? So, cold cannot exist by itself. It has to be with something else. Okay? So evil is only evil if it's in the heart of man, right? Evil is only evil if it's Lucifer trying to put his, put his eyes towards where he can't go. Evil by itself can't do anything, right? That's why the Bible says that thought, that, that intrusive thought that comes in, even that thought, it literally can't do anything. But if I grab it and I take it and I think on it and I ponder on it, now we got a problem. Right. So that evil thought, we'll call it where in the world that come from, that evil thought, that thought isn't in itself evil. It's what I do with that thought that makes it evil. Right. Same thing it is with good. God can place into me a good thought. And unless I act on it, it hasn't produced anything. 
right? God can say, quit your sinning. That's a good thought, right? Quit what you're doing. Absolutely. But if I don't put it into action, it hasn't done anything for me. So think of it like that. Lucifer had a bad thought and he acted on it. The action created the fall, right? Lucifer could have had a bad thought and then not acted on it and we wouldn't have got Satan. Same thing, Adam. Adam, Eve could have said, eat this fruit. And Adam could have went, no. <laughs> he could have said no, but he said yes. And here we are, okay? So cold doesn't actually exist by itself. It's the absence of heat, similar to darkness. They say darkness doesn't exist. It's the absence of light, right? So did God create evil? No. No, he didn't. But here, here's let's drill down just a little bit more and, and we're done. So if God didn't create, create evil, why do we see bad things? Because there's people far from God. Right? So God is sovereign. He didn't create evil, but he allows evil. He allows it. It's simply, and now we're getting into that, that space where we probably can't really answer. Like, why does God allow evil things to happen? Why does God allow that to happen? Well, the Bible would say because he's long-suffering. Right? So it would be very easy for me in my stage of life to pray a prayer like this. Uh, kind of like Habakkuk, Lord, how long are you going to wait before you judge the evil one, right? And then very quickly, I could be convicted and go, if I wouldn't have waited, you would have been one of the evil ones, right? That's, I'm going on 19 years saved. If God would have enacted judgment 19 years ago, I'm on the wrong side of this, right? So you start to think, you're like, oh, okay, so why does he allow that? Because he's a loving God and he's trying to bring all that he can into himself. He's given time, the Bible says, right? Same thing he done with, with Israel. He said judgment's coming, but it would be years before judgment would actually happen, right? But now he's, he's pronounced judgment. It will happen. This is going to happen, but repent. Turn back to me. Come back to me, right? That I will save you. You'll be my people. I'll be your God. That didn't just happen in Exodus and Deuteronomy. Like that happened throughout all of it. So it's the same thing that he's he's saying now. The Spirit is saying judgment is coming. Like it's already been pronounced, the end from the beginning. This is how it's going to happen. But yet there's time. But just like with Israel, the judgment's coming, but you don't have to be a part of it. That's what he tells That's you. It. Judgment is coming to Israel. Yeah. Just like judgment is someday coming to the church. Because where is it where does it first begin? What's first that tells us begins in the house judgment of the Lord. Judgment begins in the house of the Lord. But we yeah. don't have to be a part of that. Yeah. yeah. That's the cool part. Yeah. Well, and that's that's just it. So it's perspective, right? From my eyes that are carnal and wicked, <laughs> right? I'm looking at a thrice holy God going, I don't understand how you can put up with all this. Right. But from his perspective, he's saying, who are you, old man, to be telling me what to do? Because you are that person. Right. A timeless God outside of time. Thank God he sees our end because I'm here in time. And I'm like, I don't know how much longer we could put up with this. And God goes, yeah, try being me. Right. Who has seen it from the beginning. But yet he's still allowed time to make the choice. 
that falls back on us, Christian. We need to be praying. We need to be seeking, making sure our calling is sure, like calling election is sure, but also reaching out and pulling those from the flames that we that we know, that we don't know, right, that we can. So, and that's the cool thing. I say cool a lot, but it really is. That's the awesome thing about what we've been called to do. We have only been called to share the message. Like we're not responsible for the saving. Thank God. Like it is because it is your choice, right? It is literally between you and God whether or not you get saved or not. We can we can preach the right message, we can show people godly love and we can do all the things right and you're rewarded for that even if I don't turn. That's 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 a loving and merciful God too. He doesn't put that responsibility on you. Why? Have you ever thought about that? Why is it not my responsibility? I'm a, I'm a pastor. Like it should be my responsibility to save people, right? But what if nobody gets saved? Because it's your choice. <laughs> right? Well, and that's just it. But God is loving enough also that he says his word doesn't go out void. So there is salvation. There is salvation, right? Which is awesome. Like it really is. When I figure out what my responsibility is, I can really hone into. So I just need to tell the truth. Well, I can do that. Right? I can I can do that. Right. And then I can pray that that seed is planted. And I can pray for that next one to come in water because God said he's bringing an increase. Which is awesome. It really is. So, it's, it's a, the other side to that too is like what you were saying earlier. There's two sides to that. Mm-hmm. His His word is not returning void, and there is salvation that comes from it. But even in the same breath, there's judgment, and that's just too because it's been delivered. And there's no blood on your hands when they stand before God. That's right. they, there's yeah. no way that you can say anything. So it's it's that's a negative. What we would consider, but it's cause and effect. Yeah. One is it leads to salvation, but for those who it doesn't, it's their judgment. Yeah. Like quite literally. So that is the answer to those those a biblical answer to those three questions. So did God why did God create Lucifer? Because he's part of his plan. The same reason he created you or me were part of his plan. Uh which which is an astounding thing to think because there are literally people out there who think that this is just a happy accident like we're a Bob Ross painting but no you you were created for a divine purpose right but be careful what purpose that is because Lucifer was created for a divine purpose Mm -hmm. and he's going to burn for eternity right so I I I do not like this phrase that you hear a lot when you when people are witnessing and talking to to people, especially when you know that person is outside of God, like God has created you for a for a purpose, right? God loves you. God has created you for a purpose. He has he has a plan for your life, right? Well, he had a he has a plan for Lucifer's life, and it's not good. It is unto judgment, right? So all that is true. Outside of Christ, that plan is not a good plan, right? So God created Lucifer for his divine purpose, and really what we're really asking is did God create evil? And the answer to that is no. No, God is good. So God is goodness. The absence of God is what creates evil. 
especially in the heart of man. Okay, so cool. Any questions?